Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he was saying. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. Good morning. Now, y'all know, last time. Now, that is good if that was for me, but good morning. All right. Greetings. Grateful to be here with you all this morning. Once again, we're just going to dive in. Amen. If I had a title, they asked me in the back that I have a title. I didn't think I had a title, but we're going to come up with one this morning, and we're going to say um, a, a liberating change. A liberating change. Transfiguration is a complete change of form or appearance into a more beautiful or spiritual state. Or another word would be a metamorphosis, a change of form or uh, nature of a thing or person into a completely different one by nature or supernatural means. A butterfly. I figured that would be the, the most common reference to a metamorphosis. Going from an egg to a larvae to a, 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 a pupil to an adult. Or I like to just keep it simple and let's just skip all the big words and let's just say change. Make someone or something different, altered or modified. The transfiguration story is a remarkable event in the gospel's account that has captivated believers for centuries. It's one of the five milestones in the life and ministry of Jesus, which also includes his baptism, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and his ascension. Change. The transconfiguration of Jesus offers a lens of change, liberation, and hope. We, uh, where we can see how the presence of God transform our per perceptions of power and glory. We will examine 
uh, just a few critical aspects of this transfiguration this morning. And we just going to hop into point number one. Change is not always for you. Why don't we like change? As we woke up this morning, we found ourselves in a change, right? The time had changed. I was angry going to bed because I said, dang, I'm losing an hour of sleep. Now, that was a change. But change has been a word in our vocabulary that has caused us to have some very negative impacts. Man, I got to change jobs. Man, I have to change marital status. Man, I have now I have a new baby coming. That is a change to the status quo. That is a change to the rhythms that I've set. That is a change to my schedule because this morning I had to get up a little earlier just to make it here on time. Change. It's hard. It's time consuming. It's frightening. Change. I don't like the change. Am I the only one in the room today? I, don't, I just don't like change. And what happens when it just shows up out the blue? <laughs> she said, me either. I, I hear you. I understand. But what happens when it shows up out the blue? Change. You have to go with the flow. Here we are, eight days, they say. Jesus and his closest companions, Peter, James, and John, they walking up this mountain, they get to the top, and what happens? A change begins to take place. A transformation begins to happen. Now, these three, they say, were asleep. In my spiritual imagination, I believe that this way up the mountain took a long time. They were probably tired. They were pooped. They, they've been, they had just fed the 5,000. They had just performed all these things with Jesus, and they made it to the top of this mountain, and they fell asleep. I'm tired. I believe in this change. God was saying, hey, because only in a few instances do you hear God speak in the New Testament. At his baptism and at this transfiguration. Jesus goes through this for us. He never wants us to be the same. This was a change in the disciples' understanding as well. They had never seen anything like this before, a change. We've been walking with Jesus, and we've been talking with Jesus, and we've been at his feet, and we've seen him do all of these amazing miracles. He is, yes, the Son of Man, but they never really understood what that meant. But these three got a front row seat to the divine. A miraculous move that only God could do. He gets to the top. And what does the text say? It tells us that he is there with two other figures. Figures who have been long gone. They, these people are now reading the history because they're still living in the Mosianic law. They're still living under this auspice of what we did when Moses came about because he came with the Ten Commandments. He came with the law. 
And also we have Elijah, who they, say, who they said was the, the greatest prophet to ever walk the earth. Now Jesus is up here with these two pillars of the faith. Which brings me to point number two. There is more to the world than what we see. There is more to the world than what we see. How many know we serve a big God? Big God. Big God. And yet all the time we try to put him in a box. Because really that's the only way we can understand, we can, we can fathom the power and the move of God. We got to put him in a box. We, we try to scrounge him in, and then we get upset when he don't fit in the box. Because God said, I don't belong in a box. I'm everywhere. I'm always. I'm forever. The world is not just a black and white thing. We live in a bunch of gray. Here on this mountaintop, we find ourselves in some gray. Because these three disciples have now seen Moses and Elijah, whom are presumed to be dead. They are gone. Why are they here? What is happening? Oh, my gosh. The verse comes to me, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. And here we are, Jesus talking to these two. What we read and what we sometimes don't see in the text is there's a passing of the torch. The law and the prophet has come to speak with the Messiah. They have come to prepare for his exodus. They've come to pass on to him. Uh, in my spiritual imagination, they began to talk to him. Um, it's, it's, death looks like this. Are you prepared? Suffering may look like this. Are you prepared? Ministry is going to look like this. Are you prepared? There was a changing of the guard. There was a shifting in the atmosphere. A transfiguration. The Bible says his, his, his clothing became white and as lightning. It was bright. His face shone like the sun. He was changed as he's having this conversation with the two pillars of the faith. Yet now he stepped in to say, it's my turn. I didn't come to do away with the law. He says, I come to fulfill it. I come to take it to the next level. Here the disciples saw that, man, we have to shift in our thinking. We have to change in our understanding because we've been living and doing life through the law of Moses. Now we have to do life through the, the very teachings of Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but that's a, that's a shift. That's a change. That's something we've never experienced before. And these three, again, had a front row seat. Can you imagine? Take a moment to imagine what you would feel, how you would feel. What would you be thinking as you saw this conversation with, 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 with the man, with the Messiah, with, with the Son of God? 
and two people who you said were dead. They're not having a conversation. They're now preparing him for what is to come. He's already told them that, hey, some of you won't have to die to see the kingdom. If you read up in the verses, I want you to please go back and read in Luke. If you go up a few verses, he, he tells them that some of you with me right now are going to witness the kingdom of God, and you won't even have to die to do it. And eight days later, these three <laughs> saw the kingdom. The transfiguration of Christ pulled the veil from the eyes of these three disciples. Again, in my spiritual imagination, uh, the scripture eyes uh, have not seen, ears have not heard, come to mind. Change will cause more questions than answers. Some of you went from working to retirement, a change. Some of you were left with a bunch of questions than answers. What do I do next? Where do I go now? What's going to take up my time now? Ooh, I get to sleep in until 10 o'clock. Ooh, can I go have my coffee with friends? Oh, do I need, what, right? Like, all of these things ran through your mind. There's a change. There's a shift. Something is happening. Or oh, when you stepped into a new role, oh, my gosh, I become manager. What do I do? Am I prepared for this? Have, have I done enough to be in this position? This is a change. This is a shift. This is what Jesus was preparing us for in this change. It was, a, it was a physical change. It was a present change to move into what was to come and what was next. Sometimes, beloved, you can't stay the same to go to the next level. Some of you right now are being called to the next level. That's going to require a transfiguration. That's going to require you to look through lenses that are different. It's going to cause you to go to some spaces and places that you didn't want to. But that's what change requires. There were a few quotes as I began to prepare for this that, that really stuck with me. One quote from, from a scholar said, there are a few, uh, we inhabit a world of textures, taste, sounds, and appearances. And our faith may be built upon the belief that there is more to the world, but we still fall back on what we can see, feel, and smell as our sole reality. So it can be hard to accept or even imagine things beyond our experience. I think that's what the disciples were saying to themselves. Because when you read the text, Luke, uh, he says something that the other gospels do not say. Luke, Luke brings up and says, I think Luke was trying to be funny a little bit when he says Peter was just saying stuff. He didn't even know what he was saying. Jesus, will, can, can we build you some, some, some tents for you three? Please, we need to do something. And what happens? The cloud comes. God speaks. This is my beloved, whom I 
have chosen. Listen to him. Come on, sit with those words. You're on the mountaintop. You've been engulfed by this fog. And all you hear is this is my beloved, whom I have chosen for such a time as this. Listen to every word that he speaks. Are you listening today? Are your ears open today? Is your heart open today? Is your spirit open today to hear from the Son of Man? Who has come, who has been transformed, who's going to walk into a new level of ministry and responsibility and power? The fully human, they're now seeing the fully divine. The word has become flesh, and he is walking among us. Point number three. Faith comes in stages. Have you ever sat in a church and heard a truth that seemed to change everything for you? Maybe it answered your question or caused you to think about God or yourself in a new way. At that moment, you thought, from here on out, I am completely a different person. Or how about when you uh, accepted God as your savior for the first time? This is the best thing in the world. I accepted Christ. Yes, he loves me. I can go out and conquer the world. And then life hits you. Lord, what happened? I gave my life to you. What happened? You were supposed to show up. And you continue on the journey. You have another moment where you're like, yes, God, thank you. I got that job. Thank you so much. Dang, I lost the job. Lord, what happened? Only for you to walk into another one. (laughs) Right? Change. But all of these faith journeys lead to something. See, sometimes you don't just go through a miraculous thing and that's the end all be all and it takes you to to the end of your life. And you're like, I'm good. He gave it to me. I'm good. I'm I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm good. I can conquer everything. But that's not how faith works. Faith gets tested. Faith gets tried. Faith. Faith, uh, uh, sometimes you lose it. Let me, do I have a witness? Sometimes you just don't feel like you have it like you used to. But that's the beauty of this thing, amen? That's the beauty of serving a, a Christ, a risen Savior. That faith on top of faith, on top of faith, on top of faith, on top of faith is a culmination of the totality of my walk with the Lord. Every day won't be rosy. Every day won't be good. But if I hold on to my faith and I trust in the Lord that he will make it okay, I will be all right. Amen. I will be all right. I can see the finish line, even though it's kind of hazy right now. 
and I don't know what I got to go through to get to the other side, but, but I trust, I have faith that everything is going to be all right. Maybe that's a shift in mindset. That's a change in understanding. That's looking through a different lenses. And here we are. If we live a little bit, these different experiences build us up. They ground us. They keep us in the midst of this change because we have faith. And our faith grows as we grow. As we go deeper in Christ, our faith grows. As we go deeper into his word, our faith grows. As we hear hear him clearer and clearer every day, our faith grows. But you know what that requires? That requires spending some time in his word. That requires spending some time in his presence. That That requires spending some time in places that you may not want to be. But it's where God has called you to be. Change. Liberation is hard. Changing is hard. Growing is hard. I was in Austin a few weeks ago, and our cohort talked about belonging and being a part of community. And I talked about a a, a physical death. Sometimes death is not, I don't have breath in my body anymore. Sometimes death is, I've matured. I've become something else, and now the old me is gone. My old thought processes have died and gone away. I'm here to tell you there's some grieving in that process, some lonely nights in that process. But I'm here to tell you that on the other side, oh, God, on the other side is victory and peace and power, and love, and dominion, right? That's change. That's growth. We can't miss out on our faith growth when we go through storms. It's to make us stronger. It's to make us better. This is why we keep showing up to church every week, right? Because it's a part of our faith journey. It's a part of our faith growing. It keeps us connected and present to the daily doses of Jesus. Point number four, spiritual experiences should inform everyday life. Spiritual experiences should inform everyday life. We will all have a mountaintop experience at one point in our lives. Some of us may have a few. Sometimes the Lord will have to get our attention (laughs) Sometimes he will have to get our attention, and I'm going to leave it at that. Because, again, some of us have been running from some stuff. Can we just be honest for a moment? Is it okay if we just be transparent this morning? Some of us has been running from some stuff. Some of us have have heard the voice of the Lord, and we're like, Lord, I don't hear you. you, Are you talking? I can't hear you, Lord. And I heard a pastor say one time, it's not that he's not talking, you just don't want to hear what he's saying. Right? 
powerful transformations, spiritual experiences are essential to our faith. But their value isn't as an end in itself. The real value lies in how they empower and inspire us to serve and love others. It's natural to experience life-changing devotional moments and want them to go on forever, but their advantages lie in making them a part of us, informing us how we love God and love others. So when you leave here, what are you taking from this place? When you've had your spiritual encounter with the Lord on Sunday morning or on Wednesday evenings, or whenever you spend time with God, then what are you doing when you walk out those doors? Are you bringing that experience that you had in in the spiritual realm into your everyday life? Is it shifting you? Is it changing you? Is it making you better? Is it making you more loving? Is it making you more kind? It's not about just opening the door for somebody. It's, It's about do you truly see them? Do you truly understand where they come from? And if you don't, that's okay. We just then begin to need to ask some questions because this is about being beloved community. This is about transforming into the the kingdom of God. Not only was Jesus changed, but the disciples were changed as well. The Bible says that after they came down from the mountain, because they was up there for a good little minute. After they come down from the mountain, a man runs to them. And what does he do? He begs them. Jesus, Jesus, please, 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 can you heal my son? He is possessed by an evil spirit. Please. I tried to go ask your people, but they couldn't do it. And what does Jesus say? He said, you faithless and perversive generation, how much longer must I be with you and put up with you? In other words, man, have y'all not learned anything? Have y'all not been paying attention? Have y'all not seen me do all these things? Heal the sick, raise the dead, make food appear that we shouldn't have. Come on, because the 5,000, when you think about it, that just shouldn't have happened, right? Right, two fish and five loaves and it's stretched so far. Have y'all not seen what we have done? But can you imagine what those three disciples Felt in that moment. We've come down from the mountaintop. We've seen the divinity of Christ. We know things will never be the same. This truly is God incarnate. He's about to heal this boy like never before. But I'm here to tell you that even after seeing all of this, even after witnessing all of this, even after being in the presence and hearing the voice of the Lord, all of this, Peter still denied him three times. These three right here still didn't believe that when Jesus rose from the dead, that he wasn't in the tomb. It was these three who said, we don't believe you. These same three who had just witnessed a life-changing phenomenon. Still, what did I say earlier? Only saw what they saw through their reality and their experiences. That's some of us too. God has brought us out of some places. God has healed our body. God has put food on our table. 
God has put clothes on our backs. God has put finances in order. God has done some miraculous things in our life. And sometimes we still fall short and say, but God, I still don't believe. And I hear Jesus saying, you faithless and perverse of generation. Have you not seen what I've done? This is for all of us this morning. Change is inevitable. It is going to happen. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to stay stuck in what was? Or will you walk into all that God has for you in the next? If you still have breath in your body, Baby, you still got work to do. Amen? Again, one would think after the encounter, they, they would be good. They would be fearless. They, 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 wouldn't, they wouldn't fret anymore. But that was not the case. And that's us. That is still us today. God has showed up. He showed out. And we still be like, but I need more, Lord. Can you give me more? And he like, but I, you ain't even doing what I asked you to do with what I gave you. Come on. That's some harsh realities, but it's the truth. Will you be transfigured? Will you allow that moment to happen in your life? It may not be on the scale of on a mountaintop surrounded in <laughs> by, by two people who, who are dead, right? It may not be that. But whatever your mountaintop looks like, will you be ready for when you come down to do something differently? So I will close with this. Following Jesus means accepting that the universe is a lot different than our senses may tell us. We don't have to have an answer to every question or understand every experience. On some level, faith is about leaning into Jesus rather than relying on our understanding. Because what we experience is likely only a fraction of what's actually happening. Church, this morning, I just pray that those who are being tugged on, those who know the Lord is calling you for something else, That you won't allow fear of change, of differentness, feeling alone or isolated be the reason you don't step into all that he has for you. This moment on the mountaintop was a a pivotal moment for the body of believers. Jesus is now on his way to Jerusalem to give his life for each and every one of you in this room. In this moment, he has just been blessed and sealed by his father. The torch has been passed. The law and the prophets now bow down to the Messiah. His divinity has shown up. What will you do with that? How will you let that minister to you? 
Think about that this week. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.